everybody. Wasn't that rich this morning? Yeah. Did you notice, not only was it new content, but it's a new way to think. So what was happening, and I'm going to tap into a little bit of last night, new neural pathways were forming in your brain. Now, this is what, this is what happens when you go from the dream or the vision mode into the action mode in that it's a different way of living, it's a different way of thinking. And I'm just gonna, let me just tell you this. Um, some years ago, I was between jobs, I'm from Minneapolis, so big corporate uh, sector, majority of um, Fortune 500 headquarters are there, so a corporate town, and I'm between jobs, it's not a good time in, in the economy, but I'm having this amazing time worshiping the Lord every morning, and I'm on my uh, knees, and I'm pouring out my heart to God. And, oh, it's just tremendous. And just day after day, um, we did this, and then one day the Lord said to me, your worship of me has become much too religious. And I said, Lord, you know my heart. No one knows about these times. This is between you and me. This is real. This is authentic. I don't understand. And he said to me, I want you to worship me with your life. Because I was in that dreaded transition time, and, I, I, and transition is when you're leaving one thing and you're moving to the new thing, but you're not at the new thing yet. It's uncomfortable, it's painful, you don't know which way is up. So, and I didn't even know what I wanted to do. I was literally in such a shift. So you could ask me four times a day what I wanted to do, and it would change. And so I had all these different types of resumes. I had to get them out and blah, 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 blah. And, and so it was a really administrative time. Now, I wasn't born with the gift of administration. I don't like tasks. I don't like details. I don't like to sit at a computer. And by the way, that's been my number one issue. Why I haven't done more with my life. Because I allowed the things I didn't like to keep me from doing what I love. What the Lord was saying to me is, I want you to worship me, me with all of your day and all of the things on your to-do list. Now, this place is amazing. You've got the presence of the Lord. You've got phenomenal worship. I am so looking forward to tomorrow. I so wish you were here, Mary, for it. And I just, I'm just so looking forward to that. In fact, I woke up today and I thought it was tomorrow. <laughs> and I was like, oh, darn. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's not here yet. So, so you're walking in this. You're walking in incredible, incredible things with your spiritual gifts. Praise God. Bless God. Amen. Own all of that. Hold all of that. But if you want to move forward towards your dream, you've got to take all this stuff up here, all oh, the worship, the, the healing, the prophecy. You've got to take it. You've got to condense it. You've got to pack it. You know, light, light can disperse, but when you intensify it, it becomes a laser beam, which is really potent, which can cut through steel, which can accomplish something, okay? And so you've got to take all this wonderful stuff, and now you're you're, you're compacting it, and you're focusing all of that in a direction so that you can move forward. You have to shift 
from the things you've been all excited about in a church, own all of that, still operate all of that, but you've got to shift your focus, otherwise you'll start feeling condemned. Oh, I'm not spending as much time in prayer with the Lord. Oh, I'm not worshiping the Lord as much. And you'll feel guilty and you won't be able to make a shift because you valued certain things above other things. So newsflash, everybody. The spiritual gift of administration is as much a gift of God's spirit as prophecy, as healing, as intercession, and all that really cool stuff. It's as spiritual. And the reason the church has not prospered, has not taken territory, has not affected their city is because we dissed the, the spiritual gift of administration. We separated it. And I'm telling you right now, if you've been kind of, oh, I'm so prophetic. Oh, you know, if you've been like that, <laughs> I didn't know I could do that either. <laughs> I, I want to do it one more time. Oh, okay. Okay, so if, you, if you've dissed those things, if you think, well, my stuff is so important, all those business people, they're just not that into God like I am. That's pride. I am so going after pride these days, y'all. I am just so going after it. It is from the pit of hell. It divides the body of Christ. It creates a one-up, one-down system. And who are you to think that what you're walking in is better and greater than someone else? That is a lie. And so if you've had that attitude, kick that thing out. That's hell. Kick it out. So to make the shift, you got to embrace new ways of thinking. You've got to give yourself time to study and develop in the things you don't know. Because one of the reasons we don't move into our future is we don't know how. So we have to learn new skill sets. You'll find yourself reading new books. Instead of books about how to prophesy or the next move of God, you'll be reading a book about accounting or something like that. And you've got to give yourself time to do it. And if that's not your orientation, like me, you're not going to like that part. I mean, I get... I still, I love to listen to my, my husband teach. But you know what? He starts with the cost of good thing, and I just go somewhere. <laughs> I did it again today. And I thought, dang it, I've got to pay attention to this. And so many times I had to tell myself to come back, come back. I got a little bit more of it today. I'm just being real. So if you want to make the shift, sometimes we have to unlearn some old things or just kind of let them go to develop a new mindset. So this is my challenge for you. He taught a lot of good principles. I want you to go through those, and I want you to make a statement, not a paragraph, not an epistle, but a statement that you can continue to declare over yourself. I am a winner. I apply action to the things God has put on my heart. That might be your statement. I know my dream, and I do not allow A, B, and C distractions to get in the way. I stay focused. It's a mind shift to be able to take territory. In the Old Testament, I did say years ago in the kingdom, and, uh, you know, pretty much there were priests and prophets that ministered to the Lord and to the people. And then there were the kings. What did the kings do? They administrated their territory. Their territory was defined from this river to that mountain or some borderline. 
And the king's job was to defend and protect it, to administrate it, and to advance it. You're shifting as a church from being priestly and prophetic and adding the kingly. And because churches have dissed money and have dissed the gift of administration, unless it's about a, a building fund raise, they haven't taken territory. They haven't gone into their community. They haven't built, uh, had a vision and built a plan to get there. Oh, that's administrative. I'm just going to be led of the Spirit. I'm just going to be led of the Spirit. Great. And you won't get a thing done. Don't get so super spiritual that you can't get anything done. Because there comes a day when we're going to stand before him. He's going to say, did you do what I gave you to do? No, Lord, I was in your presence. It is uncomfortable to shift because you don't like it. It doesn't feel normal. It doesn't feel natural. It feels painful. You don't feel as spiritual anymore. And you know what? I'm, I'm just going to tell you something in my life. I got married to this king guy. You know, he's all about, he's being a king, and I'm being a priest, and we're on opposite ends of the continuum, and we don't know why God put us together, and we know not why now God slammed us together so fast, because if we would have figured out how different we were, I would have ran. <laughs> I, I'm serious. I'm just being honest. I'm, I'm, and so, but the Lord said to me when we were, just struggling to how we can we, how do we make this work? We don't talk the same language. We're not interested in the same things. I mean, why are we together? But the Lord said to me that we were grossly imbalanced when we were single. And I thought I was doing pretty okay. I mean, I was a, I, I've been doing prophetic advisory work for business leaders, so I thought I was okay. And the Lord said, no, I, that I was grossly imbalanced, and so was he. But it was painful. I didn't like hearing, I'm just being honest, I didn't like hearing, because, you know, we, we office over at home, business conversations coming out of his office all those hours a day. My battery's being drained. I'm not in his Holy Spirit environment anymore. Well, well, well. And I thought it was all his fault. He was the cause of my problems. And you know what I realized? I was a Pharisee. I put all my hope and all this time with the Lord. Oh, oh, I'm so spiritual, God. And I needed all this time with the Lord to feel okay. And all this time with the Lord to know that I was loved. In other words, I wasn't living by faith. I was not living by the reality of Christ in me, the hope of glory. Now, I'm just going to tell you, I'm not telling you to do this, but I'm just going to tell you something. When God delivered me, from performing, performing in my walk with God, which, by the way, Paul talks about in Galatians. Did you get the Holy Spirit by faith, or did you work at it? Did you get it by the law? Some of the most spiritual places are operating under the law because they're still trying to work to get something. They're still trying to work to somehow feel good before the Lord, and unless you put in so much time in worship, so much time in prayer, unless you've seen so many people healed that week, then you must not be doing okay. We were saved once. It covered a lot of stuff. So when you're going through your day doing things that aren't familiar to you, 
you know, you might take 10 hours to figure out one little thing on the computer. That's what it's like. That's the reality. But the people who get their dreams and who live the life that God's put in their heart are the ones who do the hard work. I don't believe that the most successful people are the most talented or the most gifted. They're the ones who are willing to do the things they didn't want to do to get to the thing they love to do. So that's your choice. Are you going to be part of the shift? Now, some of you are made to be intercessors. That is your place. And you won't be shifting maybe in some, some administrative things and doing some tasks to get a business started. You might be supporting people through your intercession. So I'm not saying that everyone has to make that change, but one of the things the Lord showed me about this church is that it would be a model of, of the diversity of the gifts working together. And what did Jesus say? They'll know you're my disciples by your love. Wouldn't it be nice for the world to see that? So you got to get your mindset around the shift. Write that statement out so you can start getting excited about this new person that God's making you to be and know that when you're sitting at a computer, when you're struggling over a spreadsheet, that that's worship. Whatever you do, do it with all your heart, okay? Now, you're not thinking, oh, I should be back here in prayer. No, do it with all your heart. Jesus' blood covers you even on a computer, even on a spreadsheet. It, re it really does. Read the manual. It doesn't just cover you when you're in prayer. Whatever you do, do it with all your heart unto the Lord. The challenge before you, church, as you make a shift is that you really embrace that with all your heart, that you get away any pride, any ego in what's more spiritual. Okay, that wasn't planned. Do I have any time left? Okay, we are taking lunch break at um, 3 o'clock. Sorry, we didn't tell you the plan. Um, we're, we're taking a lunch break in about 10 minutes at uh, noon until 1. We'll be back. Robert will be doing um, the rest of the afternoon, and then we'll have uh, time for Q&A and masterminding. Okay, so if you've got questions or things, just start jotting them down. Okay, my job right now, I'm just going to entice you. That's all I can do. I'm going to talk about relational blueprints for your success. If someone asked me, Cheryl Ann, what is the most important part of being successful with your vision, your dream. I, my opinion, there's a couple things. One is having a, a strategy and a plan. That's a big part of it. Second is you have to personally have the right mindset, be willing to do the work, be willing to fail, be willing to you know, feel uncomfortable. But thirdly, the key is to have the relational blueprint that God has for you. And can we get the slides up, please? And most of us go by our assumptions. We operate by the affinity syndrome. It's, hey, I like you. You like me. Let's, let's embark on this vision together. We never think of aligning with people that we 
don't like? Why would you? So we end up with cultures of sameness, and we don't affect the world. I was out in California years ago. I traveled the country full time. Didn't even have a home anymore. That was my choice. And I was out there for a while being a feet washer, washing the feet of a, a client team. And I noticed these six guys, entrepreneurs, successful, had their own business, educated, savvy, had money, and they came together, and they had all these big dreams. But nothing ever got off the ground. They didn't have God's relational blueprint for their group. There was a church, and... Uh, Lots of prophecy over this church. They were going to uh, have a ministry equipping school and um, for business and, and ministry and, and all these prophecies, but the pastor could not see. He could not see how it could happen with his little upstart congregation. But he read my book, Sound Alignment 2.0. And so he was, he was ready to recognize when he met a woman, he had this guy doing finances for him, but he met a woman <clears throat> who was the CFO of a big hospital group, and he just knew, because he learned something from this book, that he was to put her in charge instead. So he made that shift. Guess what happened? He could see these prophecies being fulfilled. Within one month, he got two checks for six figures each because he had God's relational blueprint he was willing to be open-handed and adjust according to the Lord. Biblically, um, we know that, you know, in Joshua, um, if you read Joshua 2, it's those who followed the word, did what it said, didn't turn to the right and the left that had success. David assumed he knew who was to transport the ark, and what happened? Oops, a man died. That was on David. So we went back to study the word and discovered that a group of people called the Kohathites, already in the word God had determined, were the ones to transport the ark, and they weren't to touch it with their hands. They were to carry it with poles. Once he did that, he had success. All I've alluded to is who's on your team, who's working with you. That, however, is only one element in the sound alignment model. I'm trying to uh, make this go forward. Huh. I'm, I'm doing the right. Okay. Sorry, y'all. No, this is fine. So, so what can happen with your vision? Real quickly, I'll just talk about this. You can have success. Isn't that wonderful? But sometimes you move forward what, what with difficulty. Sometimes you spin your wheels. Sometimes you fizzle out. And sometimes nothing happens. Do you know why? All of those factors have to do with the relational blueprint. So I'm just going to get to the end. Um, I have a bunch of case studies, but I'm not going to be able to go through all those. But the Lord says, the focus needs to be on me. Without a focus on me, men and women will never be able to, to determine what, and more, more importantly, who I have for them. Many are assuming they know best. They are spending far too much time looking through their natural eyes, listening through their natural ears, this is, not what I, this is not the basis of what I have for each. Paul says that our natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, considers these foolish, cannot understand them, because they can only be discerned with their spiritual senses. 
when you move forward, you know, all this stuff you've grown in and hearing God and, and the prophetic and all this stuff, you need it to tune into his voice. And you need the relational blueprint that he has for you. The sound and alignment model is based on case studies. I traveled full time. I didn't have a home. I, I chose that. I lived with people and just went where the Lord was sending me. And I had an opportunity of, of seeing these business leaders and their teams up front and close. I'd spend about 30 hours a week with them, so I think I saw a lot. And so I had all these case studies of, I'd ask the Lord, God, why aren't they having um, this breakthrough that they need? Lord, what is the reason that funding hasn't come in? Lord, um, uh, why aren't the connections coming to them that they need? Oftentimes, not always, the Lord would tell me how to shift the relational blueprint. Sometimes he'd say, well, this guy over here who nobody's looking at needs to be part of the team. Otherwise, he'd show me, uh, that person's doing the wrong role on the team. Other times he'd show me, well, that team has shifted, and they need to be having a, an entirely new relational blueprint. What happened is when they applied what the Lord said and made those adjustments, things took off. Money came in, breakthrough happened, connections came in, marriages, marriages. I had a marriage ministry as a single. Marriages improved. Because when you have God's relational blueprint, not based on the affinity syndrome, I like you, you like me, but it's really who God has for you, and everyone operating in the role and responsibility level they're supposed to, and in the time and season that they're supposed to, Guess what happens? Things happen. There's a catalyst from heaven because he says, ah, you're doing it as worship unto me. You're being open-handed with your relationships. You're being like David, inquiring in the Lord. Oh, I love the sound of this team. Ha! And he releases his blessing on your efforts and things take off. This is all about being part of an orchestra with the Lord, each instrument playing their part, in the right time and season, in the right way, and then God's blessing is on your effort because what happens when brethren dwell together in unity, dot, 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 there the Lord commands a blessing. The church has not known the command of blessing of the Lord. Why? Because we're doing it our way. Because we haven't surrendered our relationships to the Lord as an act of worship. So I bless you with eyes to see and ears to hear who, how, and when God would have for you. You need to get the book. Who here, I want to, I'm going to be real specific, who here has a business that you've been operating and you have a plan to expand that to a new level? Is there anyone in this room like that? Okay, ma'am, you held up your hand first. So this is, you get the free book. It's Sound Alignment 2.0. You can get it on Amazon. I'm sorry, we didn't bring very many and the ones we brought sold out this morning. That will be a blueprint for you. There's so many case studies in there. And by the way, it's all backed up. I studied sound in science and sound in the word. And it's all about the sound of your glory DNA and frequencies and all sorts of really cool stuff. And what you need to make this happen is that ability to tune in, get past your soul, and approach your relationships as an act of worship. We are on lunch break, everyone. <laughs> oh. Hey, I want to give you guys a chance to uh, give them the offering before you go spend your money at lunch. So if we could have the ushers come forward. Is anyone else's hand a little bit sore? We should have had like hand massage stations.